0: All right. Good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Sunday, August 6th in the year 2023. And, you know, today we had the special event over on Clout Hub with Jaron Jackson. It was just fantastic. This is, we're waiting to get it downloaded off of Clout Hub, and then we'll post it around um, three hours. And it was just spectacular. It really went flawlessly. And we're going to do it again, so you know. And I'm also going to set up a link to raise some money for Jaron and to continue supporting his work, which we'll talk about through this week. But um, no, it was just a great day, and thank you for all that were there. And uh, for those that you couldn't make it, I so we're going to make this available so everybody can, Um, it's just really, really just, it was a super event, and so much education between Scripture and understanding the power of common law, so really just a wonderful event, really encourage everybody to uh, take the time to go through his work, his his links, and th- follow this event and, and start getting educated on common law. This is the most powerful tool you're going to learn, in the, and it's going to be fundamentally required for anything related to Operation Vineyard. That's just so I say it. Everyone's going to have to get smart on it because this is how we fight and how we win, and especially when it comes to the children, this is how we win. Patriots, like always, you want to get good night's sleep, and the best night's sleep is always from my pillow. My favorite pillow right now in the whole wide world, my pillow
1: 2.0. Looks like you've been sleeping well, Megan. He's back, the My Pillow guy, and you're looking good. He's still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got
0: the best pillow ever, My Pillow 2.0.
2: The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free.
0: You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're
1: looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com.
0: So, said, "Man, I'll tell you, I've had a crazy weekend. It's, it's been a busy one. Of course, we did a fantastic prayer Saturday. For those of you that didn't join, remember, our prayer now is on Saturday. It's from at 7 a.m. Pacific, and it's on, starting at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. We had a great turnout, and it was close to 100 people, which is a little bit down from our Fridays, but I think just part of it is people getting used to it. And it's summertime, so that's all good, but just a great turnout. Now, I, one update on schedules, just so you know, Duncan is going to start running the Friday Bended Knee, and that's going to become his Bended Knee show every Friday. And it's going to be, it works out really well. He's excited to take it on, and that gives me a bit of a break on Friday because we've got the Saturday show now. So that's really good. So you can look forward to that to have a little bit of a mix up, which is good. I mean, I I think that's really healthy. And so Duncan will run the Friday's Bended Knee and uh, normal time, obviously. And then we've got our Saturday. And then after the Saturday show, I did an interview with Dr. Lee Merritt, which you can find that link on Dr. Merritt's telegram site. And that was an hour and a half. <laughs> so I'm telling you, at the end of the Saturday, I like, this feels like a weekday, not a weekend. So then this morning, I go down to meet the butcher, because we're going to butcher, um, we're going to butcher the two steers I have, and we've got six, and so we're... Well, we we're planning on butchering 10. I'm going to get to all this in a minute. And I have six, and we've been having some problems, which I haven't really talked a lot about, but these new calves that are coming from these cows are really out of control. They're, they've are they been causing a lot of problem, and I haven't had them up at the property. Um, Brody, who's been running the cattle with me, has had him down on his properties that he's leasing. And he's told me there's some problems that I haven't been down to visit, and and he's he's a... Really responsible young man. I mean, this this guy is—he worries about, he concerns himself with every dime, what things cost, and very responsible, diligent, super hard worker, super hard worker. So I get down there today, and um, I'm looking here. I guess everybody can hear me. Give me a five-five real quick. So um, I think we're good. Okay, <laughs> the Living gives me a six-five. Thanks, Living. That was—I must be an extra good. So, all right. Um, anyway, okay. So, anyway, we're. I go down today, and I get, we get down early, and the butcher's there, and I'm kind of looking things over, and I get a chance to meet this guy. He's a, a new butcher in in our county, really good, and they're they're starting a really good program too, which is for people that want to have a cow. You can you can identify the cow you want, and when it's a calf, and then. There's a different, I've heard these programs before. I don't know the whole economics of it, but effectively you pay for all the feed to raise the cow and then it's yours at the end and then you pay a butcher fee and so forth. So it's, it's a way that everybody wins. It's a really good thing. So anyway, that's his model. He's building good guy. And I'm going to be working with him too, as we kind of do some setup of our butchery up at the farm or at the ranch. So anyway, we, Brody got through his calves. He was giving him some pink-eye stuff and some anti-fly stuff and all this stuff Today he was putting them through the squeeze chutes and so forth, and then comes the big event, right? All my cows, so all my steers. And um, so I have, like, we had six that are scheduled to be butchered, and then there was another four that we could have ready for the fall. And then with that, there's another, I, I think I had another uh, – three or four after that, that we were going to probably not butcher until next spring. So in all, it's, it was, I had about, tw- I have about 12 cows, 12 animals down on his lease. And the other ones are up on top at, with my property. And I start watching these animals and these, so these are neutered steers, neutered bulls. So it means they're steers and it's getting pretty dangerous in the pen. And I'm on the outside, and there is two of them. One of them is, e- easily 1,200 pounds. And I don't know if you know what a metal, like a metal cattle gate or cattle fence is, but I mean they're they're what's used in squeeze shoots and corrals. And Brody's dad was holding the the the, uh, the gate, which is they the. It's the cattle fence and is using it like a gate to get them corralled and and divide them out because we're trying to divide out the ones that are going to be butchered and the ones that are going to go up to the property. And this 1,200-pound animal jumped on top of this cattle fence and bent it like a piece of cheap, cheap sheet metal and just about wiped out Brody's dad. And I'm telling you, this animal then turned around, went wild, went the other way down the squeeze chute, broke the, the fence, the connect, this cattle fence that connected to the squeeze chute, snapped it, and then knocked the squeeze chute over, then went through that and went through a woven wire and double-strand double barbed wire fence like it was butter and just took off. And, and with him went his partner in crime, and the third one, there's three of them that are just... And then as I'm watching this, I'm watching all the other calves and they're all like this. And when I bought my bull from Terry Anderson last year, which I've told you the story, he's a fantastic guy. We've prayed for him, he's doing great. He's up in Pendleton area, wonderful man. He's been doing, raising Simangus for years. My, all of his animals rank in the top 10 or 15% of the entire Simangus industry, industry, countrywide. And Terry had told me last spring, he said, Scott, I'm just gonna make a suggestion to you think on it, he says, but if you'll sell your cows you have right now and I can help you build a good genetic herd and you will have wonderful, calm and, and peaceful cows. And that didn't mean a lot to me then. And then I started thinking back because we had one cow, as I told you, went a little bit crazy last year. That, that, and when we first got him, she's hamburger, I'm still eating her, she's good. Her calf went crazy and died. And then we've got this one right now that we've we we've, you've heard me talk about. She's got a bad hip. She's she's getting better, but still nonetheless, she's that's a problem with the hip dysplasia like a hip dysplasia thing. And then we had these all of these animals that are causing problems came from those cows. And today I just had it. I was just like, okay, we're starting all over. So Brody's like, you know, uh he was a little bit upset, which I completely understand. He, later, he, he texted me. He's like, I am so sorry I got upset. And I mean, I'm like, brother, the only question I had is whether I was going to shoot that damn steer and leave it out there for the damn vultures because the butcher couldn't get here to the morning. I said, No animal, no animal is worth whatever cost when it comes to the life of somebody. And I said, Your dad just about got mowed over by a 1,200 pound crazy, crazy beast. So in one fell swoop, my herd's going to be completely rebuilt in the next six weeks. We already sold all the calves and all the steers, I should say. They're already sold, except for the six we're going to butcher. The other ones, we sold them today. And then the cows, we've already got somebody that wants to buy the cows. I'll fix that up this week. I'll keep the bull, obviously, called Terry Anderson. He's like, Scott, come on up here, I'll get you hooked up, help you build good, good genetics. So in the next six weeks, I'm going to have a completely new herd. Great, great herd, because I know the quality of animals that are coming. But this is just something to to keep in mind. I mean, and it it happens, and it happens in in when we're dealing with it in livestock. It, this is the way to do it. You've got to weed out the wild animals. The last thing you want is... Pissed off, crazy, insane, unpredictable 1,200-pound beasts. Unless maybe you're in a Mexican arena with one of those guys with the orange or whatever they have, the Mexican arena with one of those guys with the red blankets and a spear to try to kill the bull. Or if you're a bronc rider, maybe. But mm -mm, not going to happen. So (laughs) that's the life of of my cows right now. So it's all going to be... Updated. We're gonna do an updated herd. So that's that's it. So I'm I'm very content, but I was very ready to like I was very ready to end their lives today. I'll tell you, if that butcher had been handy, I would have been like, brother, we're putting them down right now. Not happening. Crazy. I and I'm I'm just telling you, you see that size of animal go over a fence like that. I he told me once they were jumping fences and I honestly I didn't believe him. I'm like, God, he's probably exaggerating. He wasn't kidding. I mean, I'm telling you, that's like, that's something that, that's something that like, oh, you don't want it. Someone just said, here, I've, I have it, it's bad. Yes, it is bad. And that's when you finish it because you know, someone's going to get hurt, like permanently hurt sort of stuff. So anyway, that's the update on my cattle right there. But it was just a great day anyway because it's just, and I think, you know, and so, you know, we're talking, we're walking with Jesus. What does this have anything to do with Jesus? Everything. Because the thing is that while I was focused on the issue. There was never any anger. And the beautiful thing is when we're leaning in like this and we're always starting to just reference God as I was, it's amazing how quick answers come. I don't know the origins of these cows, or what we bought. Somebody had them. We got a pretty good deal on them. And they, that's when we originally set up the herd a year ago. And, um, But I had come to meet Terry. Terry's a, like, he is like old school rancher Christian, man. Just salt of the earth, wonderful man, runs a massive operation, has been breeding his cattle for 50 years. His genetics are outstanding. And the thing about Terry is he's a reminder of love thy neighbor. And I truly mean this. He doesn't care whether you buy one from him or whether you buy a hundred from him. Every single person he treats the same. And that means in the auctions too, which is rare because most of the time, when they go to an every year, the bulls go up for auction. Bigger buyers typically get precedence over smaller buyers. And Terry's thing is everybody's equal. And his philosophy is that everybody is equal because you never know what the next season will bring or what friendships and relationships will mature out of it. Well, I've had a great chance to meet Terry, talk to him. We prayed with him. He's feeling better, which is great news. And then the great thing about it, this is a man of unbelievable knowledge in cattle. And when I called him today, I said, hey, It's like, and he says to me, he says, Scott, I can't tell you how proud I am of you. He said, it takes some people 40 years to make the decision you just made. He says, we will help you build a, a very good herd. And I said, well, you're going to have to teach me some stuff. I said, if you don't mind, he goes, I will guide you through it. And see, that's the philosophies that we've lost so much in this nation. It's just literally a business that's built On The first and foremost thing is taking care of and nurturing the animals the way they need to be and the relationships with people. But in this digital world, which is so insane, we forget that. So I want to play a little short piece here for you. I've got a couple pieces to play for you tonight. This one I really love, and it's just a perspective on when God calls us, and I just think it's really good.
1: Have you ever known God was asking you to do something or giving you a test and you were like, nah, God, I'll pass. I'll catch you on the next one. I used to do that all the time until God showed me something. You see, what if your obedience to God has nothing to do with you and everything to do with someone else? What if your obedience is someone else's blessing? What if your obedience is someone else's salvation? You see, it all comes down to, what are you fully convinced of? See, if you believe God's word is 100% true and that God's plan for us is better than anything else, wouldn't we obey as soon as he speaks to us? And if not, are we really fully convinced? You see, in Romans 4, 20 and 21, it says Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Now look, this sounds all well and fine, but do you know what this is talking about? What was Abraham fully convinced in? Because this is the faith that Abraham had that pleased God. Seriously, look at this. God gives Abraham a son, way past the age he should be having kids. But God promised it, And he did it, but then God tells Abraham, go up the mountain and kill your kid. Now time out, let's get real honest here. If that was me or you, what would we do? We'd spend the next six months praying about it. God, are you sure this is what you want me to do? And then when we see people out and they're like, how you doing? We'd be like, oh, well, God's really dealing with me on some stuff right now. You ever heard people say that? You know what you're really saying when you say God is dealing with me on some stuff? You're just bragging about your disobedience. You're saying God asked me to do something and I haven't done it yet. You're not fully convinced, but watch what Abraham does. God says, take your son the promised son I gave you and go kill him. And then the Bible says, Abraham got up early the next morning and left to go do it. He didn't spend six months praying about it. He didn't argue with God about what he had told him. He didn't go talk to 16 people to make sure he obeyed without delay. You see, he was fully convinced that no matter what I think about this situation, I know God knows better. And if he says it, it's worth it. I don't know if he thought God was going to stop him or raise his son back to life, but he was fully convinced if God said it, I'm going to do it. Are you fully convinced today? You see, God is speaking purpose and a plan over every single one of our lives. But it's probably going to go against everything you think and believe, or maybe even go against what you think you want. What are you going to be fully convinced of today? That your plan is the best option or his is? Let me encourage you today. Whatever it is God is asking you to do, whatever it is he's speaking into your life today, do it. It's so worth it. Be fully convinced that his plan is greater than our plan because maybe your obedience today is somebody else's blessing. Maybe your obedience today is somebody else's salvation. Maybe the test wasn't about you at all, but God's going to build your faith through it anyway so that you'll be fully convinced. And think about that for a minute.
0: This guy just nails it. And I just I just love that. And, and you know, i just even... This little story I just told you, and I, I just really want to be very clear. There was a very clear aspect to this of what was right to do. And again, it's it goes to stewardship. So There wasn't any emotion about it. It was literally like just following the nudge where God leads you. And the change is, I mean, a change like that's rapid and pretty radical. But the transformation that happens so quickly, everything gets reset the right way. So whatever was going on in those animals, I don't know. And they'll do fine somewhere else or they'll become hamburger eventually anyway. But the whole pivot happened so fast. Like I usually call Terry and it takes him two days to get back to me. And it's because he's out on the, on the range. Today, he's out moving cattle, answers his phone. Hey, Scott, what's going on? Sends me a picture right away. He goes, here's some cows we got ready for you. I mean, that's the sort of thing that when we're flowing with the Holy Spirit and we're walking with the Lord, things just start to line up and click the way they should, and everything just righted itself. I mean, literally, talking to Brody, he's like, I think I can get these sold. He ends up making a call after lunch with his dad. He gets them sold. The next one, I told him the rest of the hurt. By the end of the day, he's like, I've already got a buyer. All of those things positioned because that's the way God wants us to be when we're listening. And walking. Now, earlier tonight, I came across a piece, and I don't know who sent it to me, but this is just, I I could not stomach watching it. And what I was watching, and it's not that it was intended to, it's actually someone just waking people up to what's going on. And the piece is this. It's called The Tomboy Genocide is Real. And this was on Twitter. I went through this sound on Telegram, or TikTok, I went, I went through this sound on TikTok. Almost all the posts were documented, female to male double mastectomies, while encouraging it on an impressionable audience. Captions included, I'm free, and I can finally start my life. Big Pharma is profiting billions off of medical malpractice. Girls are so de- desperate to escape misogyny that they harm themselves. To do it. And then she, the person adds, um, it took me at least 10 minutes to quickly scroll, th- scroll through all of these saved videos. And this was a compilation they did in four and a half minutes. Took me like 30 plus minutes to save them all. That's how many women are doing this. It's insurmountable. And this is again like in our face of where the real fight is. And the real fight is saving the children. We have to rescue, heal, and restore the children. It's that simple. Well, it was shortly after that that the Resistance Chicks sent me an interview. And I'm going to be honest, it still has me on the edge of tears. Um, And it really, I mean, it was just, beautiful and filled truly with the Holy Spirit of what it represents. And I'm gonna play the full nine minutes and 38 seconds here but I want you to hear a little backstory. story. I've never heard of this girl, you may have. She's been on the Resistance Chick show apparently and I've told the Resistance Chick she's welcome on our show. This is Chloe Cole. Chloe Cole had been transitioning to a boy for a lot of years and finally woke up and is now returning to be a woman. She's 19 years old. She's a follower of Christ. And I'm going to tell you, it is so amazing to hear this story. I want to get her on the show. These are the stories we need to hear. And I think that truly, and I talked to, I called the resistance chicks tonight. And Michelle answered. I was able to talk to Michelle and Leah just to thank them for this interview because it was, it just hit me so profoundly, Um, this is such a a horrific time and war against our children. And and I'm gonna tell you just candidly, just to speak my heart to you, I, I run the line of wanting to go full tilt Jericho with the tears that I shed every day for the damage that is being done to these children. It is, to me, there is not a greater crime on the face of the earth in our history of humankind than to what they're doing to our children. All that today, by the way, just of, of what we did with Jaron Jackson, it's all foundational material so that when we launch our war against this, we are legally equipped to fight and win. So I, I'm saying that to underline the importance of studying common law. I don't say it lightly. I don't say it like it might be a nice thing if you study. I'm telling you this way. If you want to be part of anything Operation Vineyard, you need to study common law. End of story. There's, not even a, there's no exception that will ever be made to that because we have to establish our authorities as sovereigns back on this land and in this doing so represent kingdom and Jesus in everything we do. And that means as well of turning this court system on its head And taking the power back to the people. Right now, it is heartbreaking. It is hard to physically watch the destruction that they have done to these kids. There is not a doctor in this nation that has done this to children that in my book does not require a millstone. I don't care what their motive. I don't care what they were trying to do, they are in they are no different than Mangala as far as I'm concerned. And every one of these doctors that has been part of destroying kids and transitioning them to another gender, moving a boy to a girl, a girl to a boy, needs a millstone. At the same time, the damage to the children can be permanent and non reversible. So with that I want you to hear this nine-minute and 38-second piece by the Resistance Chicks. I just think it's an uplifting and wonderful interview that they do with Chloe Cole.
3: We live? We are live. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I think we've had some amazing speakers here today, General Flynn, Jim Caviezel, but the number one numero uno interview that we wanted to get today was with Chloe Cole. You have seen her on our show countless times, this brave, amazing woman of God who has been speaking out about what the devil did to her. And she is throwing it back in the devil's face and saying, not today, Satan. So Chloe, I am so glad that you agreed to
4: do an interview with us. What made you want to come out to Cincinnati, Ohio? Why is it so important
2: for you to be here? Well, I mean, while a lot of time I focus on legislation, I also think that it's important that we get out to communities about what yeah. is happening and how to approach it. Yeah,
4: yeah. So, when you were detransitioning, what was the first thought that you had that said, "I can, I can come out of this. I can," because there are a lot of young girls who have, are, are thinking about transitioning, or have transitioned, this is, you're not, unfortunately, there's many young women like you who went have the same struggles, can, what would you say to them? What, what what might be something
2: that you might have needed to hear then? There were a lot of things that made me feel like I was never going to come back for it, or yeah, even have a yeah. chance of being a woman. Yeah. I mean, being that I had been on testosterone for so long, and everybody yeah. around me knew it, knew me as a boy. Like I yeah. knew it was going to be a difficult journey back physically, and socially, especially. I yeah. knew I was going to get bullied for wow. for looking like a boy when yeah. I when I was actually a girl.
4: Yeah. And
2: that's terrible. that. I, I had a lot of guilt, especially around my family. But after learning about the importance of being a mother and everything that goes into that, wow. I just. I couldn't keep living like that wow I, that was what really opened my eyes up to the fact that all this is lie and that it was taking so much more away from me
4: so when you first started to come off and you started to kind of transition to be a girl was it hard to go back to your friend did some friends just only know you as a boy did they know you were a girl
2: yeah, that was a little bit awkward because uh-huh. I actually did look like a boy my age, and I had uh-huh. a pretty deep voice, even like compared to other other biological yeah. Yeah. males of my yeah. age. Yeah, but uh, some people thought like they just assumed like I was a transgender identified male. Uh-huh. Um, some of my friends were pretty surprised, and really? a lot of I actually lost uh, a lot of my friends my senior yeah. year of high school because. Really? Of the ideological disputes And also just because like I was going through A really rough time and admittedly I was not really the best person to be around
4: Yeah, no, you've come through a lot I have to tell you how You're 18 I'm 19 19.
2: My birthday was the other day Well,
4: happy birthday (laughs) You are so incredibly well spoken Oh my gosh, it's insane You were
3: made for public speaking Intelligent,
4: way beyond your years I mean, where is it How is your relationship with your parents right now?
2: Um, I mean, throughout, the further I went into transition, the more strain it became as I started to become more distressed over time.
4: Wow. But,
2: I mean, they supported me through, through my detransition. They never pushed back or anything on it. And, I mean, they, they showed me that life was worth living, that wow. I was loved. And I mean, they're they're very supportive of me now. Are wow. they? Are
4: they? Are they relieved to have their daughter back, or? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, was, it
2: it's it's hard as a parent to be in that situation yeah, sure. like, to watch your kid yeah. basically become yeah. somebody yeah. who they're not. Yeah. Somebody wow. entirely different from the from the child you know.
4: They have to be so proud of you. I mean, I've seen you get up before Congress and give your testimony. You're going to different places. You have made it your mission to stop this happening from other people. I have to tell you, when you bounced upon the stage with your cute little sneakers, look at her little sneakers and your little skirt and who you are, you're living who you're supposed to be, and you, you do look like a girl. And people are, I, I don't know. She's a know, beautiful one at that. I don't know if you still have some trauma from thinking, you know, what has happened to me? My body's different. Will people still accept me as a girl? I saw that bubbly, just energy come onto the stage, and it's a beautiful thing. And I know, and I was so glad when we all prayed for you, because when you stepped out on the front to actually minister is what you've actually become as a minister. Yeah, that's good. Um, I I was so encouraged, and you are encouraging millions of people. And I know that nobody would want you to have to go through this, but is there a part of you that says, I don't want to go too far, but is it part of you says that it's almost that you're the devil intended for
2: evil is okay now. Like I mean, you can, you know what I mean? I mean? Yeah, that's absolutely how I feel. I mean, it's not like I want to say that and benefited me really but I think one of the beautiful things about it is that it's helped me to sympathize with men and especially wow. young and young young men and, and wow. boys more just understanding just having like even a little glimpse at their experiences and their hardships uh-huh. and I mean having gone through what I what I have like as traumatic as as it's been I mean it's still something that affects me on a daily basis yes. but it's also strengthened me I've learned a lot through it
4: This is so wonderful. I'm so glad that you've been here. I'm so glad for what you're doing. You have a beautiful smile. Your energy is infectious. And I hope you felt the love from the audience today. Oh, yeah. um, And the people just cheering you on and saying thank you. Thank you for standing up. And I got to tell you, for 19 years old, you are incredibly bold. (laughs) You are incredibly bold. And we need more like you. Uh, We were... At another rally um, in September, mm. and there was an older girl who had detransitioned, mm. and she had gone even farther. So her face, she still has um, stubble mm. she can't get rid of, and her she has a receding hairline, and she had the double mastectomy. But she is now, she meets with teenagers, and she does Bible studies with them to let them know that they're made in the image of God. Yeah, what is her I name? I can't remember her name. I will have to find her. She's okay. here in Ohio somewhere. She came to a rally. She came up to hair, us like and haircut. um it if we can get to some of these teenagers before it goes too far, before they go and just let you know. You made such a really good statement. You know, Michelle, she's perfectly dressed as a woman, but she was a big tomboy. She changed her name to Mitch. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly am scared. What if her te- what would I literally think, what if would I your teachers have done? I can't even imagine. She went around, she had everybody call her Mitch. She wanted to be like our older brother. And I think to myself, in another age. What would have happened? Yeah, exactly. Because there were so many girls our age that were tomboys, just like you. It's and, so scary. Like- and somebody should have came up and said, no, we've been through it. You'll make it to the other side. It's a, it's a journey. We get on the ferry to womanhood, and it's, it's scary for young girls. And I think that maybe for adults, we need to begin to embrace 9-, um, 10-, and 11-year-old young girls. To, what would you say to parents who um, uh, their 9-, their 10-, and 11-year-old is questioning their gender?
2: Well, I mean, if I were to go back in time and speak to myself, I would tell her that all these things that I felt made it so that I wasn't a complete woman, whether it be my small breasts or my body that wasn't so developed yet or my tomboyish behaviors. I mean, none of it made me... Right. anything other than a woman yeah. because that was yeah. that's my birthright, and it's a blessing. Yeah. Even if I'm not yet ready for the things that come with it, yeah. wow. one day it will be, and I'm built for it.
3: And you're built for it. You are built for it. Oh, my gosh. On that note, though, seriously, thank you for coming out to Ohio. This is something that doesn't just affect Ohio. It affects every state. The left wants to torture and torment young people like you i think it's the devil he comes to steal and kill and destroy and god has raised you from the ashes and i am we have a major
4: transgender clinic here at cincinnati children's hospital it's a multi-million dollar clinic and they're pushing kids into it so i'm hoping that your testimony today will help maybe just a few parents maybe a lot of parents to wake up any one parent or
2: kid is enough
3: Yes, wow. yes,
2: thank you. You're bro. all valued. Okay, so if people want to follow you, where can they follow you at? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at C H O O O C O L E or you can also find me just by looking up Chloe Cole. And I'm also on YouTube as well. Um, I'm working on quite a few video projects um Mostly long form. I'm not doing like any, any uh, short form videos yet. But I am doing an interview series with other Detronitioners. No.
3: Okay. So, this, so you need will to be, find them. Okay. And we will be playing them on our show. Yeah. We are so excited about this. Chloe Cole, thank you so much for this interview. And thank you for what you're doing in this fight to save children and to essentially, in my opinion, expand the kingdom of God. You are just such a blessing to our nation. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you both so much. All right. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. We'll see you next time. Resistance
0: Patriots. That was an awesome interview. This one really got to me today. There is so much evil to these kids and God bless the resistance chicks for just being big sisters to her. It really is wonderful. She needs that and she's a strong young girl, but she's going to need mentors to guide her. I don't understand what's happened to our parents. And it's a real despicable statement towards parenting and the weakness of the parent to just give in to the Mengele-level surgeries clinics that we have in this country. And I think, you know, Dr. Lee Merritt and I, I said, and I had an interview on Saturday afternoon. And the most disturbing part of that, we, we continued the discussion that I had last week on the th- thalidomide, whatever, I can hardly say the word, thalidomide and the destruction that that did. And the deeper we went into it this time, the worse it got. And the reason I bring this up is this garbage that they're doing to the kids, this has nothing, nothing to do with some sort of woke agenda. This is about Fourth Reich politics that has been quietly incubating that they are simply using the entire country and our children for the same garbage and horrors that they did in the concentration camps. And if you doubt that, you just need to start following the line of the doctors and digging in deeper to who actually went to work for the pharmaceutical companies and who they actually brought over under Operation Paperclip. We like to think of the Von Braun's, who was a Nazi that got put on Disney to talk about giving us a great rocket program. The reality is that the people they actually brought over, the majority of them that don't even get counted because they'll tell you about 2000 when it was closer to 10,000 Nazis. They were all chemists. The majority of them were chemists. And they've seated themselves in all of these medical places. The entire concept of MKUltra training came from the concentration camps and the Nazis' interrogation techniques, and it all roots in the CIA. So all of this that we're witnessing here is a by-design plan to destroy this nation, to create a satanic inversion, to flip it on its head, and here's the greatest scam that they've pulled all the way through, and watch how this works. They start with the war with thalidomide, which now starts to, and they literally, they bypass the FDA. I told you this last week. The FDA goes, it puts it under investigation. And the company, Grumenthal, I think is the name, brings it to the United States, selects 1,200 doctors. I'd like to know who those 1,200 doctors were. And and distributes over 1.2 million pills. Now, your read-up, as I wrote last week, they talked about 10,000 cases. That's a lie. Dr. Lee Merritt was trained in medical school that it was well over 100,000 cases of children that were destroyed by thalidomide. But what they did is they attacked the core of the family. That was their first attack. And right as they do that and they start to introduce these, you know, morning sickness pills to women, they're trying to make birth seem like a burden. And so you're given a pill that then leads to a, a horror show. That then starts to make women worry about having birth. And at the same time, they launch the war on feminism and they introduce birth control. Oh, this is all eugenics. And as they move that forward in their plan and they continue, they bring in the drug culture and they bring in, then they, of course, we have to have our coup and kill Kennedy, kill Martin Luther King, kill Robert Kennedy. A few things like that kind of accelerate things. By the time we get into the Feminist movement we're now pushing for this equal opportunity employer garbage. All women should be able to do men's jobs. And the, as we rise to the culmination of this, as they're tearing down the family, we launched Barack Obama, which is Satan himself, I think, sometimes. And this is just following the destruction of the white male. So the family is now in t- tatters because we've, we've seen the destruction with the economics of the, of the white male. As they raise up the female, the gays, this is under Obama, the first right out of the gate, female, feminism, gays, and blacks, they do this, all about war on culture. And as all this happens as they move forward, their ultimate coup is this, push, 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 code pink, all the women have to have equal rights, have equal pay, all this. And then right before the very eyes of the women, they pull a bait and switch And they get this new generation flipping its gender so that the real men now are wearing skirts, taking advantage of the power and authorities they've given the women as they've stripped the men from the family to a point that they can never once rise again. This is an entire Satanist plan that's been incubating for over 60 years. 60 years. So when we hear a story like this of Chloe Cole, who beat it, was caught in this vortex of demonic thinking, and don't kid yourself, I don't care who they are on the left, if they are pushing abortion, pushing transgenderism, if they are pushing this sort of woke politics garbage, flying the rainbow flag, dancing around on the street in their stupid clown uniforms, they are all, whether they realize it or not, under the influence of dark demonic forces, every one of them. And some of them, I don't even know if deliverance can help them. I, You know, we would like to say we pray for everybody, I'll pray for them. But sometimes prayers means like, God, take them back because we don't need them anymore. The thing is that we are coming to a point in this nation, and this takes me back to the cattle. And so this is not going to set well with some people, and I'm sorry. But the fact of the matter is that we are in a place in time where there are people that no longer can be part of this human race because they only seek to do harm to the little ones. They end up being like the steer who's going to go take a dirt nap tomorrow and become part of somebody's freezer. Only they're not going to become part of somebody's freezer. They're going to go right to the courts of heaven. I'm dead serious about this. And it's a realization that we have to come to to start to understanding that when we take a walk down a path to commit our life in a commission that God gave us, to rescue, heal, and restore the children, you also have to study and understand the commission that Joshua was given when he confronted Jericho. And with that, please read through as well the consequence of violating the temple. We are in a very, very intense war right now. And these demons are moving. This young girl, I don't know... What allowed her to break free? Someone wrote in chat, was a great comment. God whispered in her ear, I think that may be true. And I believe, I truly believe with all my heart that as we master the powers of prayer healing and continue to seek the powers and glories that heaven gives us and the authorities that we have here on earth, I believe we can do miracle healing on these children and restore them to the glory of who God intended them to be. Amen. But I also know this. In all of the things that I've said before, that Jesus has said, there is only one time in Scripture that I can find, and I may be wrong, where a a crime and a punishment were issued. And that was by Jesus himself when he talked about doing harm to the little ones and causing them to do sin. You would be better off to have a millstone around your neck and cast into the sea. Now, I'm just going to put this in context Of Why I believe that is so essential, and I've talked about this before, but it's absolutely so essential that we do things with a loving and forgiving heart, and that doesn't mean weak. It understands the authorities that were given to us because we are given authority over all evil, dominion over evil, and when we start talking about those that are doing evil to children, that qualifies as crime and punishment equals millstone. Jesus' soul told us that, which in the greatest interest of this moment is probably one of the greatest authorities that we've ever been given. If we are walking truly with God, that means that there are moments when he will give us the authority to issue and execute judgment on this earth. That will run the grain of most people because they'll be like, no, God is the only one that can do judgment. Go and read what Jesus said. I'm not playing with this garbage anymore. We have got to build a mindset to be ready to save these children. And I have absolutely, I weep every day, truly weep every day for the pain that's being driven on God's children and the children of this world. Every child that they damage, they hemorrhage the innocence of the gift that God gives us through children. The fabric of this world is built on children, not on adults. Not by our works. It's built by the gift and innocence of children from which we nurture, we all gain together, and then children grow to become the next generations that carry on the love in Father. That's Ephesians. Go read it. It talks about the importance of us raising our children to love Father. So I, when we say this, and we, are, we have become very callous and casual, even about abortion, Every abortion is an is a sacrifice to Baal and Moloch and they just smile every time it goes on. And now they're on full tilt to sacrifice the children. Don't kid yourself. This is a ritual sacrifice. And every time they do this, it is a sacrifice to their god. Every time a child transitions, it is a sacrifice because it's a defaming of God's creation for their Interest in building up the strength in their God. And everybody that speaks, sits quiet and says nothing, does not stand up to this, is now sitting quiet on the sideline, which itself is a vote. I'm not standing in heaven telling God I did nothing when we are sitting here looking at his children getting slaughtered on this world. We are the ones that have the authorities on this earth. So, yes. We can pray for guidance. Yes, we can pray for God to give us the direction we need to go. But please understand, we have been given the authorities to have mastery over evil, dominion over evil. And if this type of thing, transitioning a child, convincing them that they, are switched, they must switch genders and do so permanently, doesn't qualify for evil in your heart, I don't know what to say. But I'll tell you what, as far as I'm concerned, you're not walking with Jesus if that's the case. So maybe have another conversation with Jesus and find out what's real. Chloe Cole, among others, I think she's amazingly strong. It's great to hear such an uplifting interview from two ladies that can appreciate and ultimately, hopefully at some point, have some influence to be there as mentors for her as she will need. And she's optimistic, but I also know that there's potential long-term consequences from what she's already been through that may not give her good health, but this is what I do know. I know that as if she will continue to walk with Jesus and if people will pray for her and if, we will, if people will focus on the healing of her through the Lord Jesus, she will be fully restored. And I personally feel that my reaction to this video is something greater. And it's as I prayed on it before the show. I'm pretty certain that what I'm reacting to is the fact that she couldn't get where she is without the Holy Spirit. So that also leads us to a kind of a final point. Not kind of, it is the final point tonight. It's difficult to see this happen. It is happening. And while it's important to call it out, we also must reach in to save it. Here's what I'm getting at. I don't know how many of you would be willing in public to sit with prostitutes and have a conversation about Jesus. To do so with, in full view of your friends and neighbors in your community. To do so in a public place where everybody can watch you, just you and a prostitute. Have a conversation about Jesus. Could you withstand the ridicule? Because you know it'd come. Could you withstand the pictures on social media? Because someone would take them. Could you withstand the the chastisement that would come from your church? Because it will come. Because those that sit in the pew, that listen to the skinny jean pulpit in the dead stone walls, have seemingly forgot the magnitude of what Jesus was doing. He was seeking out the most broken. And could you handle the conversations? Could you handle the conversations that would definitely happen? If you don't think for a second that some one of these prostitutes, in their way of understanding things at the early place of Jesus, said something like, hey, you know, you've done so much for me. If you ever want to get, get a, a free one, it's on me. You'd be fooling yourself because you don't want to look that way. That's common language. And you know that Jesus would have probably just smiled and would have said, no, we're good. Let's have, another, let's have another conversation because his heart was that big and he wins all the time through love. So the next question is, can you sit and talk to a transgender, to a young adult, a young child that has been going through this transition? Can you sit and talk to them and have the patience to speak Jesus and talk about the gospel and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and to expose them to something that they probably have never known? Because if we're going to rescue and we're going to heal and we're going to restore, we don't get to sit on the comfort of our properties and waiting for the damaged children to be delivered to us. The real frontline action is going to these kids that are either in it or about ready to go through it or have gone through it. And understanding that even at that state, even if they've already destroyed their bodies, that if they will accept Jesus, we can pray for their healing. And even if they haven't fully accepted Jesus, we know that Kevin can still heal. Because miracles can be the gateway to bringing them to Christ. We have to pray for these kids. We have to find them. We have to engage them. We have to share the gospel of our of our Lord and Savior. We have to walk with that light in our heart, and we have to be out there on the front line of this fight. It's cool guy stuff, kicking indoors, finding those pedophiles, dragging them out, saving the kids, getting them rushed out with the high-speed rigs, getting helicopters, jet boats, whatever. Super cool stuff. Been doing enough of that for a while. Understand it. But the real hero stuff right now Is all around us. It's in our communities. It's in our schools. It's around the fringe. It's the children that are left abandoned on the street or left lock key children or parents that are so damn weak they're letting them just do whatever the school's programming it. That is where we have to intercede and we have to speak Jesus and raise up the gospel. We have to empower these children to understand that Jesus loves them. And even when they make that horrific mistake Mutilating themselves be at the hand of a doctor. I, in my heart, do not believe that heaven holds those children accountable. But heaven does hold us accountable for our lack of effort to teach them the love of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you tonight for this amazing stories. Just as you always do, you just weave the perfect story together to look at the world in a broader way to raise us up with better eyes and greater ears to see. We are in such a war of division. And Father, tonight our prayers are just for the children. You have given us the commission to rescue, to heal, and to restore, and we need to listen to you to understand how significant and broad and important those words are. We need to focus on those in need, and the children right now are many the hearts of those that will willfully destroy and mutilate a child in the name of gender transition, woke ideologies, whatever they call. Father, that's millstones by the name with what Jesus would call those would be deserving of a millstone. And if you will guide us and lead our hand to do just that work, it will be done. And I say that on the blood of Christ. But I also know, Father, that part of your heart is Much of your heart is to heal, rescue, and restore these children that have been damaged. So, Father, we just ask for you to put before us the opportunities for us to show you our heart. To share the word of Jesus. To speak Jesus into their lives. And to at least plant the seeds where no one else is. To take the darkness and to seed the light. And it may be that one word that we speak, not knowing when that will happen, when it will, when it will take root, that may save their lives at the time when everything else falls apart. Because we know this is so wrong. We know that most of these children that become of age 30 or so commit suicide or die of medical complications. It is one of the darkest living tragedies we currently have. So, Father... Our prayers tonight are for those children, and a declaration that we make here with the authorities given to us by Jesus himself, that we shall be the ones that rescue. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. So patriots, let's find them. Let's pray with them. Let's talk to them many of these kids are confused and just being vulturized by a system that's looking to groom them into hell. Let's crush the groomers. Let's free the children. And let's introduce them to the one person that will never leave them, our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night, thank you, and out for now.
5: Chasing mountains I can't climb Holding out for heroes in the night I find myself